Jack whatever. Yeah. He made his own show, or he tried to make his own show called Paranormal Challenge. Yeah. Oh no! But apparently, it only it looks like it only lasted one season. But he did it. So the Rolling Hills was it? Rolling Hills. Rolling Hills was the first episode. It sent you down a rabbit hole of it did. spooky shit it did. and haunted things in New York. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, it was very. <sighs> okay, yeah. we're recording. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like oh, just doing that to you now, just like starting the recording. No Because you just, I just do it while you're talking. I should have known when you're asking questions. You're worse. Oh my goodness. Okay. Oh, well, funny. welcome to Spookier Bust. I'm Meriwether. I'm November. Oh my gosh. So on this week's episode, we are talking about New York, which is where MW's hubby is from as well as his family so that's our personal connection to new york at least why we picked it for this instance yeah so do you want to go first or you want me to i go first you want to go first sure i'm trying to remember who went first in the episode we posted today and i don't remember i don't really think it matters honestly i think you went first twice in a row so i think i went first last time or maybe it would flip i don't remember i don't know i don't think it really matters <laughs> Oh, you go, you go, you start. Alright, so... I think yours is longer than mine. It might be. So mine is Rolling Hills Asylum. It's about 45-50 minute drive from where my in-laws live right now. So it was originally known as the Genesee County Poor Farm. It was established January 1st, 1827. It's located in East Bethany, New York. And currently owned by Sharon Coyle, who actually lives on the grounds. She, I would not want to live somewhere haunted. Have we talked about this before? Have we talked about this before? Especially an asylum. A haunted house is one thing, but a fucking asylum? Do you know what those people went through? Exactly. Like the fucking trauma they had to endure? Yeah. Well, it's it's not in the asylum itself, so this is like a huge like campus, essentially. It's like living in an Indian burial ground. Like, I'm not doing that shit. Oh, yeah, then you'll love the rest of this story. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's like the movie Poltergeist. Yeah, it, it gets there. Um, so, apparently she lives in, like, one of the side houses. I thought you were covering your ears at first. I was like, I'm going to keep going. No, I'm not covering my ears. <laughs> I'm just resting my head. I'm, like, preparing for the story She's with my hands. Story time with MW. <laughs> oh, my God. Tell, tell me about this whack-ass place. <laughs> Alright, so according to their website, RollingHillsAsylum.com, a poorhouse was a government-run facility for the support and housing of dependent or needy persons, typically run by a local government entity, such as a county or municipality, and institutions of this nature were widespread in the United States prior to the adoption of Social Security in the 1930s. Um, that, like, when I first heard about this, I was like, it was something I'd never heard of, and when I started reading it, they were like, apparently this is really common during that time frame. I thought that was insane. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I'd be living in a poor house right now. <laughs> Different kind of poor house. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. My bank account says I'm poor. Does that count? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, the people that were brought here were referred to as inmates, not patients, regardless of why you came here. So, this place is where people were considered undesirable. So, pretty much if you did not fit their description of normal, yeah, they, they dropped you off. It was, and I'm sure it's like parents could drop 
Like if their kid was unruly, mm-hmm. they can just drop their kid off there. Because I mean that happened. Yeah. I don't know if it happened here, but like when I when I read about my asylum last week, they, that happened. Yeah. So this was orphans, drunkards. People who were insane, people who had mental disabilities, and they didn't understand or know what they were at the time, Ugh. all the way up to criminals. So you just had, like, a mix of, of everybody. I just feel those poor orphans, man. Yeah. And they I'd rather were... take my chance on the street. Yeah. Like, run me over the horse. <laughs> I mean, holy oh shit, gosh. those people probably, in, those things that they had to endure. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, here, you get to go be, like, locked up in this room. If you were able to help out in any way you were you were put to work yeah so it was considered um self-sustaining self-sustaining so crops livestock like there were farm animals there yeah um they did pretty much everything even um on the rolling hills website it talks about like they even made coffins there creepy so pretty much anything to keep it as low running cost as humanly possible right and like we were talking about before so it's a widespread area, so it's three buildings, and they're all connected by tunnel. This so sounds like the one in Jersey that I did last week. Probably. Similar. I mean, I'm sure all asylums have similar structures. Yeah. The but tunnels being the scariest part. Yeah, I... Who knows what happened down there? I can't imagine just... Oh, I'm going to the next building. Let me go down into the creepy tunnel. No thanks. Yeah. I mean, maybe, like, when it was running properly, it was fine, but... There's probably lights down just, there. Yeah. I don't... No, I don't do tunnels. <laughs> like, just thinking about it in general. Like, I won't even go in the attic in my house. Like, let alone a tunnel underneath. Like, small dark spaces, not really my thing. And I'm not claustrophobic. It's just this fact that it's, like, small and dark. Yeah. I Just the history alone, I think, would be the reason I'd be like, nope, no thanks, I'm out. Well, it's surprising for you to say, because you love scary shit. I do when I'm with other people. I'm not that person. Do not look at me. <laughs> Take Mitch. <laughs> but they have a Christmas room here. Okay. They keep their Christmas tree up year-round, just like you. <laughs> okay, we get it. You were actually my first thought when I saw that. <laughs> just because my Christmas tree has been up for two and a half years does not mean I keep adding new ornaments to it. So it's- like... Right now, Captain Marvel and Spider-Man are my new ornaments for the year. Aw. Actually, I do see Spider-Man from here. Yeah, and we have Han and Leia on there, too. I get new ornaments um, of the same type from Target at Christmas. They're like the... um, I don't even know what the material is, but they don't (laughs) shatter in case Cam suddenly decides he's going to climb the Christmas tree. Which he has not done. Knock on wood. Thank God. All right, so... Anyway. (laughs) This place did not always run as the county poorhouse it actually has changed a couple of times so in 1887 they stopped accepting people that were considered insane in 1938 it becomes the genesee county infirmary it's like a regular hospital yeah like a lot with tuberculosis and patients like that to kind of help take care of it okay then from 1964 to 1974, it was the Genesee County Nursing Home. So, a bunch of old people? Yeah. Oh my god. That's terrifying. The biggest twist. In 1992, it was the Carriage Village Shopping Center. What? Yeah. That's weird. 
Then uh, October 25th, 2009 is where Sharon Coyle comes in. She becomes the private owner. So she's been the owner ever since. Um, this is after it became the mall. Yes, she's after it became the mall. Okay. Yeah, so it's it was quite a few things before landing with her. And she's kept kind of true to the heritage of the supernatural and all of the, the weird things that have gone on. You know, from seeing different shadows or the noises, slamming doors. Now, one of the things that kind of attributes to it being haunted and and all the things that are going on is that there are about 1,700 people who were left unclaimed and buried there. These graves were never marked, so the exact location and some of the people are still unknown. Oh, wow. So, as far as hauntings, there are a couple of major spirits in kind of main haunted areas where you're more likely to see a lot of activity. Okay. So, one of the spirits is Raymond. Um, According to Marlene Treat, who was an eyewitness that was interviewed for Ghost Adventures, she talks about a spirit, Raymond, who is well known, who is said to have molested some of the little girls. During the time frame. Oh, then he got, then he got what he deserved. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, uh, I was there for that. <laughs> apparently, for some of the females, they haven't been reported, you know, feeling like being touched. Not so much, of course, with the men. Another spirit, and this is actually the most, I would say, the most popular one, mm-hmm. is Roy. So, Roy was brought to the poorhouse when he was twelve. And he lived there for 50 years. This is 50? 5 Yes. 5 zero. So I thought that was impressive. His dad dropped him off there and was done with him. Jesus. He was dropped off there by his father because they he had what they thought was giantism. So when he came there, and again, he was 12 when he came there, he was 7 feet tall. Holy shit. Yeah. Big, tall boy. He is said to be one of Sharon's favorite spirits. They actually, and this was something that I found on visitgenesisandy.com, they actually celebrated his 130th birthday. And not, like, you know, just the people that work there. Like, they had a party. Or they were supposed to have a party. Of course, quarantine happened. So, and again, this is on the the uh, visitgenesisandy.com website, so you can actually see it. So, they had an event. It was, again, Roy... Roy Krause's 130th birthday celebration and ghost hunt. It was supposed to be March 4th, 2020 from 6.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. Um, and this was an event. It was $30 per person. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So they went. They were going to go all out for him. They were supposed to be doing, like, singing happy birthday. They were going to do a spirit box session, trying to contact him, and just kind of go all out with it. Huh. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of like a fun way. Like, this is, you know, he was a, he was a friendly spirit. Right. Or is a friendly spirit. You know. He wasn't a bad person. Like, yeah. Like raped children. <laughs> yeah, she said he's, like, she's often been heard, like, if you listen to interviews or, you know, if you watch any of, like, the videos, mm-hmm. she's in all of them. Ghost, Ghost Adventures, you know, she will tell a little bit. That's the one that she kind of talks about the most, I feel like. Okay. Another one <coughs> is Nurse... Emmy or Nurse Emma. It kind of goes back and forth on her name. Mm -hmm. Now, she was said to be very mean, very strict. There were some rumors that she dabbled in the dark arts 
and that Ooh. she treated patients terribly. And the dark arts. Yeah. Love a good witch. <laughs> Love a good witch story. Yeah. The the creepy kind of EVP that I that I heard was there's a show and this is what we're talking about we're kind of went down like that rabbit hole okay so the show Paranormal Challenge and this is so if you go to the Rolling Hills Asylum website and you scroll over down to the bottom uh-huh. it talks about like all of the different things that that they've been in or been kind of notated for okay which is how I found out that this existed because I did not know that this I'm was I'm already loving your rabbit hole keep going keep going <laughs> take me with you so it's Zach the guy who does Ghost Avengers okay he gets two teams of paranormal investigators. Like, not ghost hunters or, you know, anything really big, but kind of, like, lower-named people. Right, like, probably, like, locals or something. Yeah. I think the ones that were in that episode were from somewhere up north. Okay. But they have two teams, and they have to present two pieces of audio evidence and two pieces of video evidence. Was this like a paranormal game show? It it pretty much is. That's incredible. Why does this not do better? (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm pissed. Oh my gosh. So so they have two pieces of audio, two pieces of video, and they're watched the entire time. And in this particular episode, um, they were graded on how well they work together, using the equipment, or, you know, like, are they familiar with it? Do they use it appropriately? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think there was a third thing that they regretted on, but to be honest, I... Did they win money? No. Oh, they, so it wasn't a game They show. won bragging rights, apparently. Bragging so rights. Okay, Zach. Come on. <laughs> Put up a prize. I mean, they maybe did on the side, and they just did mention it, but... <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, I, a lot of it, I think, because if you watch the video, I feel like they had... It was gr- like a girls' team versus a boys' team, mm-hmm. and it was... The guys were just stereotypical, like, we're so much better, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. Um, and the girls, I felt like, were kind of like the, you, what you'd expect when you think of, like, a girl going into, like, a haunted house. Being like, I'm scared. Oh, okay, okay. So. I was like, what does that mean? No. <laughs> like, me going into a haunted house. Fucking terrified. One of them was, yeah. Like, they that are. That was me. They're doing, like, uh, an EVP session, or I think it was the spirit box, and they hear something, and they're both like, oh my gosh, and they freak out. That would be me. That would be me. (laughs) I think you would freak out way more. Oh, absolutely. It would be really, really I think I would freak out more, like, if if something like that happened and there was, like, a playback and you actually heard something, like, you know how they actually hear something in the playback? That would freak me out even more than being there in that moment. Because I'd be like, holy fuck, you can hear, like, that was right next to me. (laughs) Like, the hindsight of it would be like, holy shit, I'm dying. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so they, when they present their... They're pieces of evidence. One is they present an EVP, and it's from being in the nurse's room. And it sounds like a woman that's struggling. Ooh. Like, screaming and freaking out, struggling to kind of get away. Like, maybe she was going after, like, an inmate or something, and the inmate's like, don't touch me, get away. Like, you can just hear someone freaking out, and it's really creepy. Ooh. But, I mean, they go in there, and they ask her, um, like, the one girl that sits in there, she says... You know, how do you feel about being known as someone who was stern? You know, they kind of, again, it's for mm-hmm. TV. They, they go in there and they try to get reactions. Mm-hmm. The boys team, you know, they're trying to, to get one of them to push one of the other people on their team. Like, he has his teammate stand there with his arms out spread wide. And he's like, if you can push him, by the time I count to ten, and I think he gets to eight before he's, like, pushed. That's kind of weird. 
I like the flashlight tap one. Like when they yeah. do that, where they like set the, where they like set it all the way on the edge, and all you have to do is like tap it for the light to come on. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I think I think Buzzfeed is the one that does that a lot. I know um, Ghost Hunters did that a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they had them like try to knock on things. Oh yeah. Like knock on walls or something if they could. Yeah, it's that freaks me out. I mean, it is, but I feel like. When you look at so some of the evidence that people will try and present as like, oh, here are these orbs that are in these pictures. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's super easy to kind of explain away in a lot of cases. Yeah, I don't necessarily believe in like the orb stuff, like the hearing of sounds and things yeah. like that. Like if something moves and there's nobody in the room, I feel like that's a lot harder to dispute than going, oh, look at these orbs. Yeah. So I think it's that's definitely a different approach to it. Yeah. Um, but so another, another thing is, and this came from the Ghost Adventures video. The Oregon Room. So in 2005, they thought that there were satanic rituals that took place, which kind of fed into the whole nurse Emma being somehow... Like dark spirit. Yeah, kind of dabbling in the dark arts. They said, like, they came in and they found, like, feathers everywhere and candles. Like, somebody definitely broke in and tried to do something. Yeah. Another... When you say dark arts, all I think of is Harry Potter. (laughs) I can think Voldemort's going to come back for us or something. I think in this case it would have been Nurse Emma. Yeah, so. but Voldemort's way scarier. This is true. <laughs> Where's Hermione when I need her? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so the next place that's kind of noted for being haunted. So the second floor east wing is commonly referred to as the shadow hallway. So this used to be the men's dormitory. And it's... Just kind of as it sounds. Very popular for seeing, like, shadowy figures. Like, full shadow figures. Mm. Not, like, an orb. Like, you'll see an actual, like, outline of a person. That's creepy. Another spot, which, obviously, just by the name of it, you can tell, is definitely going to be haunted, is the morgue. Where Ooh, they sorry, had... I can also drown <laughs> Stop being tired. I know, I can't, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're talking about a morgue. Keep going. So the morgue, uh, which had two large walk-in refrigerators where bodies were stored. Mm-hmm. It's a morgue. Yeah. So, sounds about right. <laughs> I watch a lot of Criminal Minds, so I see a morgue. Yeah, you know. So this has obviously gained a lot of popularity. Uh, like I mentioned, if you just look at their website, you can scroll down, and it's got all of the things that they've been a part of. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's not mentioned on there, and it's a good opportunity to kind of hear a lot more about Sharon and, and what she's seen and experienced. So, thegravetalks.com has an episode. It's about 50 minutes long, and it's an interview with Sharon. And she talks about, you know, all of the different things that it's been throughout its its history. Mm-hmm. Um, the different spirits. Again, she talks a lot about Roy. Talks about, you know, where she lives on the grounds. A lot of really good information about it and kind of her perspective of, her, of everything. So, is this place still, like, is it open right now? It's open for, like, ghost hunting and experiences like that. But it's not a mall anymore. No. No, this has gone back to its roots. Like, you go into the morgue and you'll see, like, the embalming table and, like, the refrigerators are still there. How did, I just want to know how they turned it into a mall. Like, I don't understand. I don't... When the ghost hunters go in now, does it still look like a mall? Or did she just, like, buy all, all everything to look old again? I think that they took specific rooms and made, like, a little thing out of it. Like, maybe they didn't use all three buildings. 
Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. But the videos that you that you see when you look at it, you know, even if you just you know go on YouTube and, and Google the asylum, mm-hmm. it looks like an asylum. Okay. Like I said, they have their room there. They have a Christmas room, and it's all decked out for Christmas. Trees still up, toys everywhere. Like, you would just walk in and expect to hear children, like, laughing and excited and playing with Christmas toys. Okay. So it all still very much looks like an asylum. But they've definitely taken on to that heritage and, and leaned into the creepier side. Right. And they've got volunteers that will work there. They do events. Um, they do a lot of tours. From what I've seen, depending which tour you look at, it can get pretty expensive. They'll do um, a couple, like, two and a half, three hour tours or longer. Mm-hmm. They'll do kind of a walking tour and talk about the history. And then in some cases, depending on which tour you do, they'll just kind of let you have free reign. Or, like, they'll lock you in. Oh, hell no. So. No thanks. <laughs> ah, I thought it'd be kind of fun. I mean, I can go during the day, like, a couple hour tour for the history. Like, that's chill. I'll do that. Yeah. But I don't want to be locked in. Oh, so, yeah, they have special I'm not events. staying overnight. No, not at all. No, <laughs> I'm not staying overnight, Merryweather. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, they've got it. It goes anywhere from a one-hour self-guided walking tour for ten dollars per person to two-hour, three-hour, four-hour, five-hour, and eight-hour. Eight-hour is the eight-hour captive tour, guided tour, followed by self-guided ghost hunt, sixty-five dollars per person plus well, that's tax. Not, that's not that bad. I was thinking, like, a lot more than that. I mean, I'm sure when they do, like, the private... The private tours will definitely get a lot more expensive. Yeah. So, I'm just... I'm just used to Disney tour pricing. That's fair. So, like, when I think of expensive, I'm like, (laughs) $3,400 for eight hours? Okay. No. Like, that's expensive. (laughs) They're, They're private tours. That's, like, where they make a ton of money. So, this, a four hour... The four hour winter quarantine hunt. December through spring... Book any four-hour blocks between noon and midnight. Most popular, of course, is going to be at night, so 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Right. Any day of the week, just $500 plus tax for up to 10 people. That's not bad at all, actually. I guess that's fair. But And that goes all the way up to an eight-hour. So eight-hour private quarantined hunt. Select Fridays or Saturdays from May through September, 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. Oof. Guess how much? A thousand bucks. Thousand and fifty dollars for up to ten people plus tax. I mean, that's a little over a hundred bucks a person if you got ten people. That's true. But so they. I mean, if you're really into that. I mean, I think it would definitely be fun. I don't know that I would get. I can't even imagine getting five people. I could maybe like I would definitely get my sister would definitely go hands down. (laughs) She would. be all in for it but i can't think of like anybody else who would be like yeah let's go i don't know let's get a whole bunch of people together and do it i'm not gonna do it but you can do it and have fun <laughs> i don't want to spend that kind of i don't want to spend hundred dollars to be miserable you won't be miserable probably would be <laughs> i'd have to be hammered and that would just make me see like I think that would make it worse. I think it would, too, and that's why I can't do it. <laughs> you can do it. I have faith in you. I don't. I don't. Oh, goodness. <laughs> At least one of us does, I guess. Yeah. Oh, lordy. So, again, diff- different tours. Um, there's ghost hunters, ghost adventures, 
both of those are gonna have episodes like I mentioned our our very short-lived versus TV show <laughs> uh, weirdnj.com and they actually have so weird New Jersey they have number 41 so issue number 41 talks about Rolling Hills Asylum as well and then what I thought was really interesting and I actually watched a little clip of it and it was definitely interesting okay so apparently they did uh, like a web series called get committed and it was an asylum promotion for American Horror Story oh I mean American Horror Story did season two was asylum yeah and then, I mean it was a long time ago so this was probably to gear up for that but I watched like a clip of it on YouTube and they did where they had somebody hypnotize one of the guys. Yeah. And got him to put a needle in his arm. And yeah, at that point I was covering my eyes like, no, 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 no. No thanks. Uh, I, season two of American Horror Story, like the Asylum season, used to be my favorite. Uh, but then it just got a little weird. I, I mean, it was weird from aliens. the beginning. Yeah. Like, you said you did like it because of Aliens? You no, did. I didn't like it because of the Aliens. That's what made me start to not like it. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. what is this for? And then they never did anything with it in any other season. And I was like, I mean, I know all the seasons aren't connected, but at the same time, they kind of are. Yeah, aren't they supposed to be all the different levels of hell from Dante's Inferno? I did not actually know that. I mean, it's possible, I guess. I think I read that somewhere. I, I don't know how true that is, but it was something but I, I mean, read then, I thought it was interesting. But at that point, we're already past it. Right? Because aren't there only seven? Or yeah. are there nine? I think there's seven. Seven. But we're on season... We just finished season nine. Yeah. Cause but then it was like the apocalypse. I... Well, yeah, but then after the apocalypse, it was 1985, right? Oh, you're right. That was a damn good season. I don't think I finished watching it. Oh my god, it's so good. I loved it so much. It was like tr- it was like a true crime. It's like Richard Ramirez, wasn't it? Yeah, I got... And, like, I low-key hated that he was actually really attractive. Like, Richard Ramirez on that show was, like, real attractive. He was until he smiled. And I love Billy Lord. Yes. Everything she does is perfect. Everything she does is perfect. Princess Leia's daughter is perfect. (laughs) Actually, I think today's her birthday? Or yesterday was her birthday? I don't know. I don't know, but she's never going to listen to this. But happy birthday, Billy Lord. Right? Happy birthday. We love you. So I love how American Horror Story always did something that was based off of truth. Like, I think in, a, in Asylum was when it was Anne, the girl thought she was Anne Frank, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's Richard Ramirez. Like, every season they, like, had some sort of... Yeah. And I liked the, the and Coven. Coven's one of the best seasons, too. Yeah. And then when they did... I need to rewatch Hotel. I really liked Hotel. I, I love... Coven, Li- Hotel, and I Asylum, I think, are my favorites. I love Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. And she did so good in Hotel. And it was like vampires too, and I'm all about that shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> Roanoke, okay, so Roanoke, trash. Everybody hated it. I, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Like, it was acceptable. I liked it until the part where, oh my god, I can't remember her name. When they turned it into a reality TV? I mean, yeah, I don't like reality TV, so like, I didn't really like that either. But no, where the where they where the one girl got captured by the neighbors or whatever, and they were like, oh, like by like was it by cannibals or something? She got captured by the cannibals, and they were like cutting pieces like that. Just fucking grossed me out. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I slept through that rest of that episode once that started happening. How do you? I can't imagine sleeping through that. 
I would. I was really not in my right mind. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. So anyways, that is the Rolling Hills Asylum. And our and our thoughts on American Horror Story. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't get me wrong. It's one of my favorite shows. Oh my goodness. All right, you're up. I'm up. Okay. So. Oh my God. Sorry, I just burped. So mine is Lydia Sherman. She is a Black Widow. Ooh. So I always love a good Black Widow story. Absolutely. So she was born actually in New Jersey, but part of a lot of her story takes place in New York. When I looked up things about New York, she comes up. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking it as so we're taking it as New York. <laughs> <laughs> but she was born in 1824. She is known as the Derby Poisoner. Is her other name because her hmm. her Black Widow, but I won't give you the synopsis of what she did. I'll uh, kind of read it to you, and I mean you can obviously tell from there. But I got information from a couple different places uh, from Murderpedia, which obviously is an incredible website, and I use them so much. And then the New England Historical Society, I got some information from there as well. There's from reading a few different articles. There's some, like, discrepancies in her story. So, some things will say she did something this way, and then other things will say she did it another way. (coughs) So, I'm going to start with the Murderpedia version, and then, because it has, like, the most synopsis, and then I'll just tell you what I I read from other places. Okay. So, a year after Lydia was born, her mom dies, and she goes to live with her uncle on his farm. She lives there until she's 16, and then she goes to live with her brother in New Brunswick, New Jersey. She's slim, pretty, blue eyes, dark hair, porcelain skin. Like, she's a really beautiful girl. Like, you know, everything. She's got everything going for her. She's very into the Methodist church. She's very religious. You know, she's a good person, supposedly. (laughs) Well, at one of, at church, she meets a man named Edward Strunk. And he is, so this is where the story splits. In one article, it says that he's a widow, that he's widowed and he already has six kids. Jesus. Right. But in another story, it says they had six kids. So like that she gave birth to the six kids, but in another story, it's that they are his six kids and she's just like their stepmom. I like the version that says they're her kids because it makes it way more fucked up. (laughs) <laughs> Alright, we'll go with that. Like, we'll go with your version of it. I mean, Murderpedia says that they're her kids, and I mean, it's like... This bitch is crazy. So, another part where the story splits is they say when, when all of this is happening, Edward gets really sick. And he gets really depressed and says, you know, I'm not going to leave the apartment. Just... I. You know, I don't want to be... He's like, I don't want to live anymore, basically. Okay. So she's like, okay, bet. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a really bad argument when you have with your spouse. Right? You're like, okay, fucking bet. So, at this time, because it's obviously late 19th century, so er, like late 1800s, it's very easy to buy arsenic from a drugstore. So you can buy it as because it's rat killing poison. Oh, okay. So it's very easy to purchase. So this in one article it says that's what she did. She bought arsenic at the drugstore, but in another article 
it says that she bought it from a chemist. Which, I don't really know how one would go about doing that. So, And I know that you could buy arsenic from the drugstore at this time. So I kind of believe that version more. That she like went to the drugstore and was like, oh, I need rat poison. Yeah. Here you go. Here's some arsenic. That's what kills rats. It also kills people. Just so you're aware. <laughs> so she decides that she's going to stir a thimble into Edward's oatmeal. So she gives him food mixed with arsenic after several hours, like, agonizing. Like, arsenic poisoning is awful. He dies. Yeah. <clears throat> it's also said that months earlier, their two-year-old daughter contracted measles. And, and mysteriously died in a similar manner that Edward did. So, okay. like, dying of arsenic... It's, you know, your throat burns, excruciating um, abdominal pains, diarrhea, convulsions, all of that. And supposedly their two-year-old daughter died of similar symptoms. Jesus. Uh, They're two-year-old. That's awful. Yeah. I understand not wanting, or I understand wanting the best for your kid and them, you know, wanting them to not be in pain. But her kid wasn't dying. She had measles. Like, she would have... I mean, she, she could have died. But it wasn't necessarily that she was dying. Yeah. She just got sick. And there would have been other ways to do that that were not as painful. Yeah, but also, why would you kill your own kid? Even if they were sick. I could never imagine doing that. I don't know. If they were truly in, in pain. Like, I feel like there's just a point... Were like they're suffering, but I still could not imagine ever poisoning a child. No, and it was the measles. It wasn't like their arm is cut off and they're bleeding to death. Yeah, that just is yeah. terrible. I mean, I'm sure measles killed a lot of people back in that time because they obviously didn't have modern medicine. But still, she literally just got sick and then mysteriously died of similar symptoms. Yeah, there was no oh let's wait and see if we can make this better. It was just bye. Yeah. Lydia never admitted to killing that child, though. So she never admitted to that child. That's ominous. Yeah. So, life is moving on. You know, Edward's gone. One of the kids is gone. At this point, it's said that Lydia decides to kill her next three youngest children. Oh my god. Yeah. There's a couple different things. Obviously, in some articles, it doesn't say that she's doing this for the life insurance policy. But in others, it says that she is. She takes out a life... Like, once Edward starts getting really depressed and staying at home, she takes out a life insurance policy on him. And then kills him. And then she takes out life insurance policies on all six of her children. That's not suspicious at all. Right. Exactly. So, at this point, she kills Martha Ann, who is six, Edward Jr., who is four, and William, who is nine months old, because they could do nothing for her or for themselves. So she murdered them because she had to take care of them, because she wanted to have children. Mm -mm. Nope. Yeah. So it took less than six weeks. So in six weeks, she has murdered 
three children and her husband. And nobody does anything? Not yet. We're not done. This is only husband number one. Oh my gosh. So her three older children stay alive. And after a while, they find work to support the family. George, who is 14, contracts, uh, contracts lead poisoning because he's a painter. So he gets lead poisoning. And he took to his bed because he's ill. His mom gave him arsenic in his tea. Of course. Yeah. Then uh, the 12-year-old daughter, Anna Liza, was the next to go because she didn't have a job and, was, and had always been sick. So she just killed her because she couldn't bring any money to this family, even though she clearly has plenty of money from this fucking life insurance policy she took out on her husband and her other five kids, four kids. I don't understand. Like, why? Yeah. There's a point when you're a parent and you're just like, fuck it, get out and make money. But even, but most kids don't make money for their family. They make it for themselves. I mean, if she was a parent, she'd be like, nah, bitch. You're paying for your way in this house. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I never had to do that. I had a job in high school. I didn't either, but we also didn't live in that time period. That's true. That's very true. But, I don't know. It's, I, mean, I just think it's crazy. How close were we to the children are seen and not heard time period at this point? True. Uh, I don't know. What was that? More like... That was more like mid-1900s, though, right? I feel like it went on for a long time, though, didn't it? I mean, I'm sure it was probably... I mean, I'm sure it's all the time. Yeah. And then kids get a little technology, and then they're just terrible. Then they're really seen and not heard. Because they don't <laughs> care about anything. But like, I mean, I can't say anything, because I'm definitely the same way. Like, I have my, my, my phone in my hand at all times. But... You know, we're recording a podcast, and most people are probably listening to it on their phones, so... Yeah, but... They're not listening to their parents going, give me your money. True, true. They're like, but, nah, <laughs> I can get on the internet and make money. I don't need you. Only fans. <laughs> but anyway, so John at 16 had moved out of the house, which every, which people think probably is what saved his life. Yeah. Because he had moved out. Now their 18-year-old daughter was the last living child at home. And she had a job as a retail clerk. But she fell ill and had to stay home and in bed. So her mother got rid of her the same way she got rid of the others. Because she was sick for a day from work. My question is, at 18, after seeing all of your siblings die, why are you still in the house to begin with? She probably didn't have anywhere to go. Well, my brother. was a woman in that time, you don't have anywhere to go. You can't own property. You can't do anything. I would have followed the brother and been like, nah, you're taking me with you. I don't think she had a choice. I don't think it would have been much of an option. Yeah. But there are other articles that say she murdered all six of those kids. So there's stories that say, you know, the one survived, that John survives. Mm-hmm. But then there's others that say that she got she killed all six of them. So... Who knows? But she was apparently really good at playing the grieving widow and the grieving mother. Like, very upset, you know. Oh my gosh, I'm so distraught. I killed my whole family and I don't know what to do now. So then, after all this, she gets a job as a nurse. Oh, Jesus. Because it's going to go over so well. (laughs) What do you think he did? He robbed a bank. What do you think (laughs) she did? She became a nurse. (laughs) 
can't. <laughs> oh, man. That's so... <laughs> what do you think he did? He robbed a bank. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Sorry. Anyway. Um, so, she moved... At this point, she decides she's going to get... You know, she becomes a nurse. She starts selling sewing machines in New York. She's kind of doing all, all over the place. She meets someone who is impressed with her nursing experience. You know, she's a little bit older at this point. She's 41. And he hired her to take care of his elderly mother. So after eight months with this old lady, she encounters a rich rid- uh, widower, God, that's hard to say, named Dennis Hurlbert in a local grocery store. So even though she's in her 40s, she still looks really young. She has lots of charm. She's very sweet. She convinces him that he needs her as his housekeeper. So she moves in with him, becomes his housekeeper, and then they get married. I was going to say, she did more than clean that house. Yeah, she did. She, so they get married, and then, let's see. How, how, I'm trying to see what if it says how long. Yeah, 14 months into their marriage. So a year and two months into their marriage. She notices that his hands start shaking while he shaves. He feels dizzy, and like he's, you know, just signs of aging, I would think. <clears throat> so she obviously kills him, too. She puts a large dose of arsenic in his clam chowder. And he doesn't die for three days. So three days later, he dies. Was he a big dude? I don't... I'm not sure. I didn't... I could look up pictures of him, but I didn't look up any pictures of him. I just have pictures of her. But he leaves Lydia $20,000 worth of real estate and $10,000 in cash. Plus the life insurance policy that she fucking took out on him. Oh my god. Yeah. And in this one, too... So the next one is where her... Because her last name is Sherman. Her third marriage goes to, in one article, Nelson Sherman. In another article, it's Horatio Sherman. So I'm not sure which name is correct. Or if it's both. Could be first, middle name. That's fair. Yeah. But he apparently drank heavily, spent all her money... And then one, and he already, he did have kids from a previous marriage. Mm-hmm. So he had, I believe it was two children. Not for long. Yeah. He had two children uh, from the wife he had already lost, a baby son and a 14-year-old daughter. Well, while he was drunk and ranting one day, he wished that his sickly infant son would die so he could end his suffering. He's obviously drunk. He, I don't. He doesn't mean that. Like, no parent says that and means it. No, but I just know where this is going. Yeah. So, Lydia takes the hint and mixes a little bit of arsenic into the baby's milk. It's said that he dies He dies quickly, though, so like, he didn't suffer. But still, the baby was an infant. Just... So, like, I would imagine less than, like, six months old. Then the next month, her 14-year-old stepdaughter came down with the flu. And the doctors couldn't help um, Ada, which is the daughter. But Lydia sure knew how to take care of that. Mm. Yeah. So after his daughter dies, he just absolutely goes berserk. Like, goes on a bender, just drinks constantly, you know, more than he normally did. So she decides she's going to make her husband sick of liquor. So she spikes a bottle of brandy with arsenic. And when he took to bed, because obviously he's so ill, she left the bottle of brandy next to the bed. 
because he's an alcoholic, so he's, you know, he's getting so sick, he's in a lot of pain, he's going to drink the brandy to numb the pain, and just keeps drinking more arsenic. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so then, they have a doctor obviously come to check on Nelson slash Horatio to see what's wrong, and after he dies, um, he wants to do, like, an autopsy. And she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. So, obviously, during this autopsy, they find large quantities of arsenic in his system. And then they decide to look into the children, and they find arsenic in their systems. And that's when she is arrested. She had decided to move back to New Jersey just to, like, get away from all of this. And the police arrest her there, and then they take her back to Connecticut, which is where the ending of this was. Wow. Yeah. She's, you know, in court, all like, oh my gosh, my family's dead. I can't believe it. In her black dress and shawl and gloves and how, like, she's in mourning. And then the jury's like, no, bitch, you're, you're going away for this. So they convict her of second degree murder. And she has, I'm trying to find her sentence. Um, there's two different ones. I, in one article, it says she actually escaped from prison at some point. But then there's another one that says she just died in prison. Because she was sentenced to life. So one is just that she died in prison after a couple years. Then there's another article that says five years into her prison sentence, she faked a serious illness to escape. She was out for a week before they tracked her down and caught her. And then threw her back in prison. But either way, she died... On May 16th, 1878, from cancer. And in this, I like that it says in, the, in this article, it says, No one gave her any arsenic to put her out of her misery, though. <laughs> so she just had to suffer in her pain. Suck it. Pretty much, yeah. While she was in uh, prison and, like, on trial as well, she wrote a book about herself. Of course she did. She wrote a book about herself um, that she committed all these murders. Like, so she admitted it, basically. Yeah. So I think she's suspected, obviously, of, like, you know, a couple more, but... She's like, fuck, I'm already caught. Yeah. It says that she killed at least ten. But then again, there's those couple people that died in similar manners, but they're not sure if she did it or not. Yeah. Because she didn't actually admit to those. But, I mean, she was probably rich when she died from life insurance. loaded. But... Probably not at the same time, because once they found that out, they took it away. I would think that's how insurance companies do it, but I don't actually know. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Because it wasn't accidental. Yeah. But I also, on Murderpedia, there's a PDF link from a New York Times article published January 11th, 1873. And it's literally like the old-timey script and everything, look. And it's the article from her sentencing. It's so hard to read. I tried to read the whole thing. And I just find it so hard to read because of the yeah. print. I think it's... The spacing but, is an older style, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's an article from 1873. So, But, like, that's the original article that was in the paper. They wow. didn't, like, retype it or anything. They just PDF put it in there. So if you want to read the article, it's on Murderpedia, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. But that is our Black Widow, Miss Lydia Sherman. Yeah. Oh, this this it says Horatio. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So one article I found said Horatio, but 
Then Murderpedia said Nelson, so I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> Maybe it was Horatio Nelson Sherman. Yeah, that's fair. It could have been a middle name. Uh, <clears throat> but, careful what you drink, guys. Yeah, right? Always cover your drink. <laughs> and all your food, apparently. You don't, let, don't let anyone serve you. I don't even think you can get a hold of arsenic anymore. I'm sure you could just crush up rat poison. Yeah, but I don't even... Is it even made with that still? I mean, it might be. I don't know. I, I've seen some episodes of... Uh, oh, God. What's the name of that show? Snaps? No. <laughs> no, I can't think of it right now. It's on Netflix. Forensic Files. There's uh-huh. some, episode of for, some episodes of Forensic Files where they put... Oh, no. It wasn't... Um, the one I'm not the one I'm thinking of isn't rat poison. It was um, windshield wiper fluid. She put it in so in his sweet tea. Over like days. Oh, antifreeze. Yeah, antifreeze. Okay. That's what I meant. Yeah, because doesn't it doesn't antifreeze smell sweet? I don't know. I don't know. I've never tried to drink it. I don't know. There's something about the smell. <laughs> I watch lots of weird things. Okay. Okay. Haven't you ever seen Urban Legends? <laughs> I don't think so. No. Oh no, I think that was bleach they poured in his throat. It might have been bleach. I saw that on an episode of Criminal Minds. <laughs> where, the mat, where the bad guy poured bleach down their throat. Or in their eyes. Or on their hands. Oh, I remember that now, yeah. Yeah. That was creepy. All those episodes are creepy, though. I stopped watching it. I haven't watched it in, like, four or five days now. Because mm-hmm. I, I'm on the Mr. Scratch episode. And then it just gets really depressing from there. And I can't find season 13 or 14 until you buy them, so... I'm just waiting. I know. I gotta buy it first, and then I'll watch it, and then I'll give it to you. Okay. Perfect. We just need season 13 or 14. I'm on season 10 right now. I'm at the end. Jennifer Love Hewitt's about to leave. Ah. Because Meg's about to get kidnapped by traffickers. Yeah. She was very short-lived on that. It's only one season, yeah. But then Aisha Tyler comes in as Tara Lewis, and I fucking love Aisha Tyler. She's great. I just think of her being on Friends. Yeah, I forgot she was on Friends. I love her on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yes. Isn't she in Bones, too? I don't know. I've never seen Bones. Okay. Either way, she's a boss-ass bitch, and I love her. This is true. She's great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do you have anything else to add for this week? Not that I can think of. All right. Remember, you can... You caught me off guard this morning, or this the beginning of this, so now I'm like, uh... <laughs> Good. I like keeping on your toes. Trust no one. Trust even no your partner. one. Even your partner. Uh, well, well, especially as we learned from this, never, don't trust your partner. They can poison you with arsenic. But uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Spooky or Bust. If you guys have any stories you want to hear or... Um, if your house is haunted or you know of any spooky haunted places, feel free to email us at spookyorbust at gmail.com. And I think that's it. All right, that's Rich. all I got. Share with your friends, guys. Have a great night. Bye.